0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the to the Great Scott podcast. Today, I'm joined by actor and comedian John Farley. How's it going, John? Hi,
1: I'm doing all right, Mickey. How are you, pal?
0: I'm doing good. How are things where you're at?
1: Uh, it's pretty nice, calm, quiet, cool, and collected. It's a sunny day in California here. It's not bad. It's pretty good. 70 uh, 70 degrees and sunny, as always.
0: Good. Good. Yeah. So uh, so my first question for you is, um, how did you manage to get your start in, uh, in show business?
1: In show business? How I managed to get my first start in show business was very uh, simple. I, um, I graduated college, and I was not uh, qualified to drive a Frito-Lay truck. Yes. Uh, or I believe it was um, a snack pretzel truck, and so I didn't know what the hell to do. So I uh was kind of I was a water ski instructor at a summer camp for that summer the next summer and then uh my dad bought a new car at the Ford dealership and I was gonna be a Ford uh, car salesman. And I went in and had my first interview and I was talking to the guy and he goes, This is a career, son, not a job and I go, Jesus, no thanks. So <laughs> I walked away from that and my dad said, Why don't you do this? Johnny he was very, he's a, he was a very smart man. He said, go down to Chicago, work at the Board of Trade, and take classes at Second City. I go, okay. So that's what I did. I went down to Chicago, moved in to, uh, a couple of college buddies, uh, one college buddy and the other two guys I had no clue. One guy was hilarious, Jim Moreto, and the other guy was kind of a, you know, one of those quiet kids that you're like, does he actually live here? Who is he? What does he do? Why does he keep leaving? Uh, so I didn't know who he was. He was fun though. Nice guy. Um, and, uh, did. So, I mean, I got up at five in the morning out of college, uh, you know, in the fall of whenever, uh, after college and, uh, got up at five a.m. Did board a trade till two, tried to nap, watch TV, relax until six and then, went and did Second City till 3, 2 in the morning, and then got up and did it all again. I didn't sleep. I didn't sleep for three years. And then uh, Second City hired me, and I did um, touring company and then main stage and then writing uh, shows and acting, and then uh, moved out to L.A. in about 90, 1998 and uh, been out here ever since.
0: So who were some of the people when you went to uh, Second City that you, uh, or were there any uh, famous people at the time that were studying at uh, Second City when you were, that went on to be famous?
1: At, oh, sure. We all, going up the ranks was, um, we had Amy Poehler, uh, Tina Fey. Um, who else was there? Uh, Scott Adzett, um Who else was famous? Uh, going up the ranks, you had... Those are probably the big ones. Andy Dick was hanging around there. Uh, You had, um, you know, uh, a lot of writers. Writers of the Conan O'Brien Show and the uh, Tonight Show and the uh, Late Late Show uh, are all my friends.
0: So uh, did you ever think that... um I know that this is going to kind of be an interesting question, but um, did you ever think to yourself uh, once you saw them uh, on TV that maybe back in the day you thought, how did, how, how did they ever make it? Or uh, did you think that they would ever make it inside a show business?
1: I uh, know I, I, yeah, I probably should have, but I'm glad I didn't because I don't, if I thought of that kind of stuff that I'd be, I just tried to stay in the now and if it happened, it happened. Um, so I just tried to, we all just, we all were just having fun being who we were and, uh, writing funny sketches and, uh, it was, it's literally like, uh, you know, when an alien spaceship hovers over a town and uh, some sort of tractor beam pulls you up. It doesn't, you, there's no rhyme or reason.
0: Sure. They were all, they're
1: all, they were all, everyone of my friends are hilarious.
0: So uh, can you tell us what it's like behind the scenes at uh, Second City, what it's like before you guys go up on stage to, to do a show?
1: Uh, before to do a show, is uh, it's very hectic because you're all running around trying to get every, you know, you've got, in a show you probably have, with an intermission, six scenes, then an intermission, and then six scenes. And so you've got to figure out, you got to look at the running order and be like, all right, I'm in that scene, that scene, that scene, that one. i got to get my wardrobe. I'll be on that side of the stage. i have to put everything over on this side. So you've got to get it all. And you're running around backstage trying to get, like, oh, Lord, i got to put my uh, helmet over here. And, of course, I've got to get my gladiator outfit and put it over on this side of the stage. And then you're just thinking about the biggest uh, thing, the two biggest things are lines. You've got to know your lines and you got to know your blocking because when the lights go out, everyone runs on stage and there's been times when you've collided with some people like, Oh Jesus, I'm sorry. <laughs> thought that was my spot. And so you've got to know where you're going in the dark and you've got to know your lines. And if you got those two things down, the funny will, you're, the reason you're there is you're funny. So you don't have to worry about that.
0: So from there at second city, uh, you went on to, to Los Angeles, correct? Mm-hmm.
1: Moved out to L.A., and I did a lot of Sandler movies. I started, um I used to come out with Chris. Uh, my brother Chris uh, Farley used to put me on uh, in all his movies. So I'd come out to L.A., uh, you know, once in a while. The first show I ever did was Roseanne, which was fun. We did a Roseanne show, and I flew out to L.A. and stayed at the Universal City Walk. It was cool. That was my first time being uh, out to L.A. And they, you know, Roseanne. It was like the number one show, so
0: yeah, it was absolutely.
1: first class travel, limousines, and big fancy suites. It's for a guy that's like, I'm in the touring company. I'm not really anybody. So it was kind of fun. We did that, and then uh, when I and I did movies, but most of Christopher's movies were on location. Like Tommy Boy was up in Toronto, so we had to go up there. And Black Sheep was. What was I in Black Sheep? Black Sheep, I was. Oh, we were in L.A. It was cool. It was at Capitol, Capitol Records. So that was kind of fun. We did that uh, here in L.A. Uh, we got to stay, you know, stay with Chris and at the Four Seasons and have, you know, it was a fancy. And then um, the next one, was *Beverly Hills Ninja*, was L.A. So that was uh, another fancy. We wrecked a couple of cop cars. It was kind of fun. Uh, and then, uh, when I moved out here, after Chris passed away, I was, um, Sandler goes, Hey, why don't you come do Waterboy for me? So I, we flew down to Orlando and then Sandler was taking off, getting bigger and bigger. So we got to do uh, a lot of fun stuff here. And, uh, what was some of the, fir- the first person I ever auditioned for out here was with John Landis and holy Lord, that was terrifying. Because everyone going, I don't even know what he was doing. He didn't do, I don't whatever project it was. It never went anywhere. But everyone that went into his office was like, "John, good to see you. Hi, John Landis. You're the greatest." <laughs> and I was like, "Holy shit! I don't that's the guy that guy did Blues Brothers. I don't know." <laughs> and I was like, "I'm John," and I think they were probably thinking I was going to be Chris, like, "All right, big, bold, crazy guy." But I, I'm, I you know, I'm the youngest of the party, so I'm kind of a, I'm the quieter one that. You know, if Chris was Carl in uh, Caddyshack, I would have been Chevy Chase. the quiet, You know, like, hello, yeah. nice to see you. But I tried to, you know, so I didn't know what to do. They were like, he's not Chris. He's skinny. I'm like, yeah, I'm the smaller one. So, I don't know. It was fun. So I did that, and then uh, that audition. And then uh, I, got a, I got a reoccurring role on a TV show called Thanks. It was fun. The head writer was uh, the writer for uh, Cheers.
0: So you mentioned uh, your. Ahead. So you mentioned your, your brother. Oh, sorry. <laughs> so you mentioned your, your brother Chris. Yes. Tell us tell us what it was like to grow up with a comedic genius such as Chris Farley. Uh, was he the same way off stage as he was on stage?
1: Yes, he was got playing the same way off stage uh, on and off, you know. Of course he had his downtime. And uh but for the most part he was what I what always makes me laugh is he'd be like, "Ah, goddamn it. I hate all these people clamoring at me and looking at me and trying to shake my hand and be all over the place. Oh, that's me. Uh, everyone's all over me. Ah, uh, god." And then we go to a place and no one would recognize him and no one would see him. He'd be like, God damn it, no one's talking to me So he'd create some sort of giant well, I don't know what he'd do. He'd he'd drop a water or fake fall so that everyone would see him and then recognize him. I'm like, Chris, you were <laughs> no one knew who you were here and now you <laughs> now everyone knows. He's, I know. Look what I did. I'm like, Oh Jesus <laughs> All right, we had some fun times. I mean, he loved celebrities, and so he, you know he was more starstruck than than other you know than regular regular folks that weren't in the entertainment business. Like one time we were waiting outside the hotel uh, down in Beverly Hills, and yeah, waiting for Chris. We had to pull the car. He goes, "Go pull the car up." So we pulled the car up, and we're waiting for him. And he comes running outside. There's like, you know, lounge chairs outside the um, lobby. And he comes running outside the uh, those electric doors that slide open. And he goes, oh, my God, Sean Connery's in the lobby. I'm like, what? I turn around from the couch. And I look inside, and there's Sean Connery with a briefcase sitting at one of those, standing at one of those, like, uh, lobby-like little circle tables. And he's standing there looking through his briefcase and he goes, We gotta go say hi to him. I'm like, Oh, that'd be cool I could say hi to James Bond. So uh-huh. instead of walking casually, walking casually, he sprints back through the, the sliding doors and runs right up to Sean Connery and he's like, I'm Mr. Connery, you're I'm a big fan and watched all your movies and you're great. And I come, you know, a couple, I wasn't sprinting, so I came up behind him. and <laughs> I just heard the tail end of him going, you're the greatest. I love you, Sean Connery. And he just freaked out. Didn't freak out. He just didn't really utter, like, real words. He just goes, oh, it's all, ah, grabbed his briefcase and went over by, went over to, like, a three, ta- three like, tables over and then opened his briefcase back up and started looking through it again. I'm like, oh my God, you just scared Sean Connor. You just scared James Bond. Where'd you go? And he goes, oh, that was weird. That was weird. Yeah. He's an older fella, Chris, so he probably didn't, uh, he's probably a little scared.
0: What's, uh... That
1: was a fun one. And then he'd always have some crazy, you know, in, in his lifestyle, he'd always have some crazy uh, things to do. He'd be like, let's go. Uh. We gotta go on the Tonight Show tonight. <laughs> we were like sitting in our rooms watching TV, like, wait, what? We gotta do what? Yeah, they want us to go write something. So come down to the pool at the Four Seasons. We're gonna write something and go on the Tonight Show. I go, um, that's in like two hours. You wanna go on and write something? Okay, all right, we'll do it. So we write a bit and we go on the Tonight Show in like a matter of two hours, where most people in this town are like, God, I hope I ever get to go on the Tonight Show. <laughs> and he was like, let's do this. And by the time we were driving around, I go, where are we going? We're supposed to go left. He goes, nah, I, gotta go. I gotta go over here. Jim Carrey wants us to go to his house. I'm like, holy shit, we're going to Jim Carrey's house? Cool. So we went over there, and then it was a typical Hollywood party in a giant, beautiful swimming pool. Nobody swimming, of course. Everyone's like, hi, how are you? What's going on? And they're all very prim and proper. And Chris goes into like the, his, the guest bungalow house, whatever it is, comes out in his boxers and a white feeder t-shirt Dives in the pool. There's only like two kids swimming in the pool, Dives in the pool. He goes, all right, it's a pool party. Cause it was a pool party, but everyone in Hollywood's like, Oh, we're too cool to go swimming. He <laughs> comes out in a white feeder in his underwear, dives in, doesn't come up till he gets to the deep end whereupon he grabs, like, some little kid as he's coming up, and goes, Whoa! like alligator rolls this kid and then throws him onto the uh, onto the, pa- onto the side of the pool.
0: All right.
1: <laughs> and then everyone's like, oh, we should all go in the pool. He plays around the pool for like, a little bit and then gets out, dries off, puts his clothes back on. He goes, all right, let's go. I'm like, well, all right, I guess we're leaving. And Jim Carrey's like, he was so like, No, don't go. You're the life of the party he goes, Nah, man, we gotta go we gotta go do some <laughs> other stuff. We're gonna go have some other fun and he takes off and I just remember Jim Carrey goes, Well, thanks for nothing kidding around. He shut the door in Jim Carrey esque manner. And uh, I go, Wow, that was an interesting party we went to there, okay. What are we doing next?
0: <laughs> and so,
1: you know, he always have fun little bits like that.
0: So uh, one thing I know about Chris is that um, he really idolized uh, John Belushi at a very young age. Um, yes. Did he ever get to meet John before John John passed away?
1: No, we never did. We never got to meet John Belushi. We weren't famous then. Uh, by that time, when John Belushi was famous, the biggest actor we had met would be uh, what's his name. Gary Guest, uh, he was the guy. He was Bob Newhart's like co-host, or you know, uh, Bob Newhart's neighbor in the Newhart show. he's oh, like, yeah. Hey, Bob. Ooh, that guy. We met him in Chicago. That was our first star we ever met. And then, um, so no, we never met him. We I met. I met. I, met, I didn't meet Bill Murray uh, at the time. but We were in New York City doing something with my dad. Who would like to. He we take trips and stuff, so we were in New York. And Murray wasn't sitting in the lobby, but Chris was still sleeping. So when he woke up, we, and we just saw Bill Murray sitting in there in the lobby, he gets up, and we're like, holy shit, Maybe my brother Kevin are like, oh, my God, Bill Murray. We we're too terrified to say anything. Gets into this old, dilapidated uh, Jaguar and drives away. No, it's a, it was a nice Jaguar, but he had trashed it. But, like, there's, like rappers, McDonald's rappers everywhere in the car. I mean he drives off. So when Chris wakes up, we thought we'd be like, Oh my God, how cool is this? Thought he'd be happy. We met Bill Murray. He goes, God damn you I'm like, What? He goes, You got to meet Bill Murray before me and he was mad. <laughs> but so uh, those are the only two stars we met previous to Chris going down to Second City and you know, becoming really famous.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So um, I would be remiss to ask you about Matt Foley and how that character came about.
1: Matt Foley, motivational speaker. How that character came about was, it was written by none other than Bob Odenkirk, who, if your fans know, is Better Call Saul and he was on Breaking Bad and he did a show called The Bob and Dave Show. So he wrote at Second City, he wrote this sketch called Matt Foley Motivational Speaker and he was going to do it, but he realized he just wasn't big enough character and he goes, hey, do you want to try it, Chris? And Chris goes, yeah, sure, I'll try the character and he did the, did the line. And they were like, holy lord. This is tailor-made for you, sir. So he did uh, one of the Second City Reviews. He did that Fully Motivational Speaker. Now, when you get hired at Saturday Night Live, Lauren says, okay, you guys are all hired. We're here. Um, I want you to, here's a piece of paper, write down every list of characters that you have that you are going to, that you want to bring to Saturday Night Live or that, that are yours. And anything else after this list is my property. So, like, I think Mike Myers probably put down Wayne Garth, Wayne and Garth. Um, I'm sure Dana Carvey put down Church Lady. Um, you know, Will Farrell probably put down Cheerleader. And he wrote, you know, so everyone wrote down all these things, and Chris put down Matt Foley. So, I think Laura Michaels was like, what, what's Matt Foley? You know, like a year into Christopher's year into Christopher's Saturday Night Live um, career, Laura Michael said, What's Matt Foley? He goes, Oh, it's something I did at Second City. And he showed it to him, and Laura Michael goes, Well, let's try it out, see if, see if you can put it on stage. And that's when Saturday Night Live did it, and it was huge. His first big one was Chippendale's, I believe.
0: Oh, yeah, Patrick Swayze, yep. Yeah. That, that was, was the one, but... <clears throat> that was absolutely hilarious Chris uh, <clears throat> was known for uh, taking his clothes off like that and um, from what I've heard from other from other cast members uh, that that he would just do do that kind of thing uh, anything to, to get a laugh
1: yeah that is hilarious in the day and age of like everyone's like very in Hollywood very like they sexually assaulted me because <laughs> Chris, Chris would never have survived because he was constantly naked. But I don't think it was, it was always a harmless, it was always self-deprecating, nakedness. Yeah. But uh, it was pretty funny. I mean, he. yeah, he, somehow his pants would fall down constantly.
0: So was uh, Chris pretty close to all the other uh, cast members of, of SNL?
1: Yeah, he was close with uh, uh, David Spade and, and uh, Sandler and uh, Rob Schneider and uh, who else was a big one? Timmy Meadows. You got Timmy Meadows on there. Um, Timmy Meadows. He's probably closest to because he was uh, um second city. He was with him at Second City, so he was. Christopher got scared of uh, um, of uh, New York City. He's terrified of it. My my big brother Tommy was a banker in New York, so he was very New Yorkery. Like Georgetown University, and then he went to New York. Chris goes, I'm coming out there to audition for Saturday Night Live. And Chris was always like the cannonball. And Tommy was like, Look at your shirt. Your shirt's all untucked. And come on now, let's straighten up. And he was, Tommy was always in a Brooks Brothers outfit. And Chris goes, All right, well, do you want to come meet me at the airport? And he goes, All right, I'll come meet you at the airport. You're going to go to audition for Saturday Night Live. And Chris goes, uh, yeah, all right, I'll have the car pick you up. And Tommy's like, oh, jeez. I mean, this is when you're in your 20s. Tommy's like, oh, you got a car? You had a big limo. Come pick me my brother Tommy up. And he's like, Ugh, I don't have this. I don't have cabs. And then he picked Christopher up. And, uh, you know, Chris was literally like um, Tom Hanks in Big, rolling down the windows, opening up the sunroof. And then he put in. He had a one disc, one CD, and he put in um, Roy Orbison's "Working for the Man." And he goes, "This is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna be working for Lauren Michaels." And it was a pretty cool song. Tommy goes, "Wow!" See, you know, all the windows and sunroofs are open. He's looking at the New York skyline. He goes, "I think my little brother's gonna make it." And uh, from then, I guess he got hired like the next uh, the next day.
0: Wow. <clears throat> really what a career uh, that your that your brother had in 33 years it was yeah. just absolutely incredible and there's yeah a- he
1: was uh, pretty funny he I mean back in the day before Saturday Night Live and before second city he did uh, he worked for my dad and he wanted to be an actor so at nighttime he would go to a, a place called the annoyance theater in Madison Wisconsin
0: there's, uh... and that
1: was with um, annoyance theater was uh, their alumni is Joan and John Cusack. they did it and it was this one crazy old man that uh, you know was trying to you know teach improv to people that have no idea, no idea what improv was is before who's Line before anything it was improv we didn't know what it was so Christopher was learning it and then every once in a while we do some crazy, he would do some crazy like shows like, all right, we've got to go to Wisconsin union and, um, the lesbian gay and lesbian, uh, uh, club in the university of Wisconsin, Madison have a get together and they hired us, you know, I mean, those guys back then it would be like, here's $20. Can you guys come and perform for us? And Christopher just made, I mean, I was in the back row probably the funniest show I've ever seen. It was Chris and Brian Stack, who was, mm-hmm. who is, on Conan O'Brien. He's a the tall kid on on Conan O'Brien with the curly red hair, and he always does some funny bits on Conan O'Brien. But he it was, him and Chris, and Brian Stack is a genius, very smart, and Chris was not. So when you put those two on stage, it was hilarious, because Brian Stack would be very... You know, literate and like Heatherall and Chris were just make everyone laugh. So it was a two-edged sword. And God, he was making wasn't making fun of lesbians, but he was like yeah, infatuated with them and attracted to them. And like, uh, but at the same time, you know, just making these crazy funny jokes, and everyone was laughing in the audience. It was the best show ever.
0: Absolutely, very can...
1: good show. And that's how he got down to Second City in Chicago. That From there, he just told my dad one day, I'm going to try Second City. And dad was like, all right, go down to Chicago, and if it works, it works. If it doesn't, um, come back up, and you can work for me.
0: Wow. There's also one other thing that I wanted to ask you about, Chris, was um, there was a movie that uh, Chris wanted to make uh, with about Fatty Arbuckle, correct?
1: Uh, yeah, he, yes, he did. He wanted to make that. I don't know much about it though. Uh, Mike, I'm trying to figure it out. Um, I know David Mamet was writing him, uh, was writing it and, uh, Chris was going to star in it. It would have been huge. Yes, it would have been like a Academy Award movie because Christopher had such range. But, um, he didn't, he didn't get uh, around to, um, you know, making it. It probably would have been, if not his next movie, is the following movie. He would have done it two movies later, and, uh, it would have been genius, genius. But, uh, you know, Chris was very in, intrigued by it. So I, you know, I don't know much about it. All I know is Sadie Arbuckle. didn't mean like rape a girl with a Coke bottle or something like that, something bad. But he was America's sweetheart. He was the, you know, it would be like if, who's the biggest one? Jim Carrey? The biggest community, know, like Will Ferrell. Well, you know, all of a sudden you found out Will Ferrell was like, holy lord, he's got a dark uh, downtime, um, And did something like that. Um, uh, you know, had like some sort of weird sexual appetite. And so Chris was like, Jesus, that's crazy. You know, we grew up, that's the one thing we did. We never grew up with anything really crazy. You ever met people that are like, yeah, I had a pretty good normal childhood. Oh, my stepfather would repeatedly beat me and rape me, uh, but other than that, I had a pretty good time. I was on the little league team. Everyone's got some sort of weird story, except for us. We didn't have anything weird happen to us in our in our childhood. We were the weird ones that were like, "Dear God, here come the Farley kids." We were like the circus act that were like. So uh, I think with that kind of a story, it intrigued us. Like, what the fuck would make a guy? take a Coke bottle and put him to be like, I got an idea. We're going to have sex with a Coke bottle. It was like, huh? And so Chris was like, how is he so on top? And then have that sort of weird dark side. He couldn't figure it out. So he was like, that's what intrigued him about the story of like how somebody can go to be such America's sweethearts too. When the cameras are off and there's no one around. He's got that, he's got that crazy side to him. Chris did love crazy. He was like anyone yeah, that's crazy. I'll, I want to, I want to hang out with him. So that's what endeared him. Like <coughs> Chris would be, you know, any homeless person on the street. One time we were walking down in New York, walking down the street, and there's some homeless guy I was like, "Hey, got a quarter?" And Chris was like, "He's a dollar, you know, ten dollars. I don't know what it is. I go, geez, I didn't have anything, Chris. I, I just walked by him. He goes, what if you just walked by Jesus or like a God that, you know, uh, Jesus that was like trying to test us? I'm like, well, if I thought that, Chris, I'd be like, bro, I'd be completely broke. I wouldn't have anything. Uh, that's got to be Jesus. He's peeing on a fire hydrant. <laughs> so I'm like, all right. I, I'm sorry. Don't think that way. Uh, you're right. Chris had, did the, you know, he loved like, the downtrodden and like he, uh, you know, he, that's who he gravitated to the, but so uh, think of a guy that gravitates to homeless people, prostitutes and, and, uh, you know, degenerates, drug dealers. Now give them a bunch of money, put him in a tie and coat, <laughs> make him talk to like the CEO of GE. who's like, Hmm, this is going to be interesting. He likes to talk to those people because he doesn't <laughs> like to talk to them. He's like just to help them out and like ask questions. He literally like to ask like, "I'm like, Chris, I think that guy's, I think that guy's a pimp, and he's got a gun." You're like, "Hey, wait a minute here, let's talk to this guy." So, wow, what's going on? Where are you from? <laughs> I'm like, don't say where you're from. Just walk away from that guy. And then, in like the next. 10 steps, he's in a building talking to like the CEO of, of Gillette. I'm like, hello, how are you? How's the Patriots doing? I'm like, uh, <laughs> don't. So uh, it was, it's very funny to watch. It was very funny to watch.
0: Absolutely. Uh, I think that just hanging around Chris would be a uh, lasting memory that someone would never uh, forget throughout their lifetime. Just because he was that that kind of guy.
1: Exactly. It was. How old was your favorite uh, movie or story about Chris?
0: What is my... my What's my favorite story about Chris? Yeah. Uh, I would say... Well, there's one where uh, he was at Second City and um, he really wanted to go up there and and perform but uh they basically would not uh, uh let him <clears throat> but he just uh with as the uh, uh person described with his uh puppy dog eyes and uh just being chris farley wanting to go up there and and, and perform for 2 minutes and um basically uh <clears throat> they said uh i think and i might be butchering this a little bit but basically um, they said if you're if you're not funny then uh, th- then you're done here. But basically, for two minutes they gave him two minutes out there, and he just brought the house down completely. And so so he, he goes back to the to the owner or of, of the club uh, or the person running it rather, and uh, he goes, how did I do? And uh, the owner goes, uh, that was absolutely amazing and 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 hilarious. And I mean. That day that he brought the house down was just nothing like they had ever seen.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. All right, I think I remember that story. I've heard that one. That was yeah. a good story. Yeah, that was when he Christopher went down to Chicago. It was he and uh, our, his buddy Pat Finn.
0: Pat Finn. Yep, yeah, absolutely. Did that, yeah. So um, I remember that. So have you? So I'm. So so from from time to time, you will see comedians. Um, Making fun of, uh, are uh, doing imitations of other celebrities. Is there a famous comedian or a comedian that has done an impression of Chris that uh, that that you like?
1: Yeah, Melissa McCarthy. Moses McCarthy. She's hilarious. Yeah, she's hilarious at Matt Foley. She did it dead on, and, and I, I saw it at the uh, 40th anniversary of Saturday Night Live. And then I went up to her after the show, and I go, that was genius. She goes, and she was so humble, and she was like, was it really funny? I didn't know. I go, yeah, you you did a great job there, Melissa. She's, she's a genius.
0: Yeah, I have to agree with you. I don't think that uh, she gets nearly the credit as much as she, as she possibly could.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: So, um... My my final question for you is: uh, Do you have anything that you that you want to plug, or uh, anything that you're working on?
1: Right now, I'm working on a, a pilot. Uh, I'm going to uh, write a show of uh, my life, uh, being a dad of three children out here in Pasadena, California, and uh, with a famous brother, Chris. Because uh, frankly, all the soccer dads look at me like, "What the hell are you doing?" Here, what's going on? Am I being punked? I'm like, no, I, I'm just. Uh, and then I, I'm like a ref, and people are like, "Ooh, I like this ref. He's completely incompetent and loud." Because I, you know, I am the quiet one, but I can't help being a Farley. So I'm like, "All right, everybody, <laughs> let's get ready to rumble." And it's like a bunch of eight-year-olds playing soccer. And they're like, "Rumble!" I don't think my kids are in a rumble. Yeah, they are all right. No knives. Keep your uh, no rabbit punches, everybody, girls. So uh, they a uh, couple guys that are writers on uh, different shows out here. I don't know what they are. Uh, Vikings, I think was the one show. Uh, they approached me and they said, "Hey, let's write a pilot of let's say <laughs> Saving John," because my wife is is really smart and she's like a, a, a speech therapist. And I'm a moron, of course. And uh, so they're like, it's very funny to watch you two interact because she's always says the smart thing, and you're always like, "Why don't we just go get cotton candy? It'll solve it all." And they're like, "Oh God, this is going to be a fight." And they love to watch my wife and I interact. She's like, "Oh, you're an idiot. No, don't give <laughs> an eight-year-old cotton candy before bed." And I'm like, "Oh, I'm sorry." So um, uh, they wrote a pilot. So we're working on that right now. We're we're trying to uh, flush out uh, a few of the uh, a few of the different plot lines. And uh, I, I got a couple commercials out there. You know, I don't know if you've seen like a Voya commercial. And uh, there's a Voya commercial that was on World Series. That was kind of cool, where I'm talking to uh, orange bunnies. And uh, there's a couple other commercials and voiceover. I do a lot of voiceovers. My voice is uh oddly low so people like that
0: <laughs> so uh do you ever tour with your brother Chris doing comedy or, or I'm sorry Kevin I mean sorry
1: uh, yeah once in a while we do once in a while we jump up there and uh, and, uh and, and do stuff together when they ask for the Farley Brothers Sandler always asks for the two of us so uh, we do Sandler's uh, stand ups in like Vegas and stuff like that some big fancy ones um so that's about it. Yeah, I, I tour. Kevin should be coming rolling through your town. He's all over the country.
0: I hope he that he should be uh, rolling
1: through uh, Kansas City.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, I hope that he comes to Kansas City, or or potentially you you sometime.
1: Yeah, I will. Yeah, if he does, you've got to go see him and and, and uh, do a podcast with him too. He's hilarious.
0: Oh, I'm I'm sure. I'm sure. Absolutely. Well, John, I want to thank you so much for sharing. Your uh, memories of uh, Chris and uh, his life, and also uh, what it was like uh, being a Farley growing up. <laughs>
1: it was pretty, pretty uh, hilarious. We'd all be uh, the one advice my you know my dad would have... it wasn't a, it was a philosophy. You'd dress nice in a in a fine polo and khaki pants and a nice shirt, and they'll never suspect you're the one that started the fire. That's basically what. <laughs> You have to think about it. Johnny. If you dress nice, they're never going to think that you're the one that. If the guy with the tattoos and the ripped shirt, they're going to be like, he started the fire. When actually, you were the one that started the fire. We all know. So that was my dad's philosophy. <laughs> so that's so the guy. That's what I'm, the point I want to make to you people. Dress nice. Look, look really nice, and do whatever the hell you want. <laughs>
0: All right, this is honestly my, my final question, honestly. Uh, do you ever... Uh, right. do, <laughs> do, do you think that uh, we will ever see another Chris Farley? No. I don't know. I don't think so. No, I don't he think was. so either.
1: No, there will never be.
0: There will never be another Chris Farley.
1: <laughs> no.
0: All right. Although
1: my boys are... Uh, my, my boys are... now, he's not going to be Chris. He's very uh, cerebral. He's not a... uh, So, no, there won't be. Not in my family. My two kids are... I don't think. I have a three-year-old that, sweet Jesus, He's he could be. You never know. He's growing big, fat, huge, and (laughs) wielding a sword at me every five seconds. Every time I'm, like, digging in the fireplace to, like, do something, I turn around and he's got a sword over my head like he's going to chop. And I just feel a hit. All I hear is Ninja Power. I'm like, oh shit! And I turn around. He's like, get cracked over the head by a sword. I'm like, all right. And he's he's broken all of my wife's fancy things. She, I can't keep a damn fancy thing in the house. Cause he's like he runs, kicks, breaks everything. And so we may. Well, he's only three, so let's. Uh, let's give him a couple, about ten years, and we'll see what Back we got. Ten
0: years, okay. I'll definitely be on be on the lookout for him then.
1: Yeah, he's Crosby Farley. He's uh, I we gave him Chris's middle name.
0: Chris's middle so, name. Yeah.
1: yeah, good middle name. Crosby Farley. Be on the lookout for that boy in your uh, local post office uh, wanted posters. <laughs> okay.
0: All right. Well, thank you so much, uh, John. This has been a real pleasure, and uh, God bless you, and uh, thank you so much for everything.
1: Thanks, Mike. And you keep doing this podcast, man. This is great. I love it.
0: Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate it.
1: All right, buddy. I will talk to you soon. Have fun in uh, Kansas City.
0: Oh, thank you so much. Uh, Continue enjoying the sunny weather out there.
1: (laughs) Have a good steak for me. I will enjoy the uh, sunny weather, pal. All
0: right. Sounds good. Thank you, sir. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.
1: Sure.